Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message impacts you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us. We hope you enjoy this message. Hi, I love you. Sit down. How are you? Thanks for coming back on a Sunday night. It is, it is, it is my, my uh, this will be my 13th time speaking since I got here last Saturday. What is going on? Why do you all need this much preaching? I'm just playing, I'm just playing. It's great. I'm so excited. Uh, uh, Pastor Matt, I love you. I love what you're doing. I, um, uh, I've, I've been in uh, Australia now for, this is about my 24th or 25th time uh, being in Australia. And uh, probably 70% of those trips were for Youth Alive. Uh, I have a burden for uh, the next generation of this country. And uh, I came out here eight years in a row um, uh, doing work on uh, the East Coast in Queensland primarily, but also in Perth and Melbourne and Adelaide with Youth Alive specifically. Uh, uh, If we don't get the next generation and shape them and disciple them, uh, then we're just going to be a church that fades away. I'm so grateful for organizations like Youth Alive that sows into the youth of this country. And I just want to say, Matt, uh, what is your wife's name? Karen. It is not by mistake that you and Karen have stepped up, stepped up in this role for this season. You are a father and a mother of a movement of God. And this season requires these kids to have a daddy and a mommy figure that they can look up to that is going to nurture them, protect them, and give them what they need for the next generation. So I am in love with what you're doing. Thank you for saying yes to the call. And God's going to do some tremendous things in this season it's going to be better than the last season you were in it's going to be amazing all right all right all right get your bibles uh acts acts chapter number one acts chapter number one uh if you don't know what the full uh title of the uh book of acts is it's really the acts of the holy spirit through the apostles that's the full title of that book but i want to go to uh, acts chapter number one i want to read uh 11 verses in your hearing and then we will pray and see Uh, what the Lord would say. How many came expecting a word from the Lord tonight? You came expecting a word from the Lord. Thank you. How many people, you just came because somebody told you to and you were like, I give this guy 10 minutes and if he is not good, I'm out the door. (laughs) The pastor and that guy. (laughs) But I think somebody propped his hand up, so I don't know if it was just really him. Uh, uh, if you don't like it, you never have to come back as long as you live. At, at, at our church, Embassy City, uh, back in Dallas, we, we, we give people what we call a one-and-done policy. We tell them, come to church one time. After that, you are done. If you don't like it, you never have to come back as long as you live. Here's what happens. God does something to them, and they come back uh, uh, because God does something to them. And then the other people come back because I told them not to, and they don't like being told what to do. I didn't know it was reverse psychology, but it worked. I don't understand. It's so funny. Okay, Acts chapter number one. Uh, uh, I, I want to read you something here, uh, and then and then 
Oh, we get to have some fun. I'm so excited. Okay. Uh, starting at the first verse, here's what it says. Uh, in my first book, I told you, Theophilus, this is Luke writing, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they will not And they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching. That's exactly the way I feel. And they could no longer see him. And as they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven but someday, everybody say someday. someday. Say it again louder. Someday. someday. I love you, babies. Oh, I'm so glad you're in here. But someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. I'm going to need you with the title of my message today. I'm going to need you uh, uh, to get prophetic uh, 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 with this title. I'm going to I'm going to need you to 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 be witty. I'm going to need you to be smart. I'm going to I'm going to need you to know exactly how to fill in the blank to this title of this message. I need your help. I'm going to help you as much as I can without giving it away. But, ooh, if you don't get this, where have you been? Just as what kind of life are you living if you don't know these two words that I need to complete this sentence? Now, j- just so you understand and know, uh, this particular sentence is a sentence that is usually declared when there is urgency when there is a sense of emergency, when, 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 when we need something done very, very quickly and it seems like everyone's kind of standing around and just looking, somebody makes this statement and when they make this statement, it is a statement made because an action needs to happen. It is a call to action statement, which means after you say it, something should happen. I hope that this is helping you Get prepared. 
prophetically and with all the wit needed to fill in the blank of this particular sentence. Now, it's not as 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 uh, uh, much trivia uh, as the chaser is. It's the best show in this country. Chaser. Watch it. 5 p.m. Seven. Um, <laughs> I love this show. But I need you to fill in the blank. OK, if you have heard this statement before, when I say the, the following phrase with the urgency, I need you to fill in the last two words. Are you ready? Yeah. OK, the statement that is made goes something like this. Don't just stand there. Y'all are really on fire for Jesus. How quickly did you get that right? I love it. I'm going to say it again. Don't just stand there. So good. The babies are louder than the adults. And there's only seven of them. They're going to take over the entire world. One more time, real loud. Don't just stand there. Do something. Do something. Oh, my God, I love them. <laughs> Bow your heads. Let's pray over the words, shall we? Holy Spirit, help us to do something. Amen. Don't just stand there. Have you ever been at a red light and somebody in front of you in the car is distracted? And so the light goes from red to green, but they don't move. <laughs> Have you ever tried to be a polite Christian and exercise the patience of Job? Instead of casting your hand forward to put it on that device in the middle of your wheel, you go past it and just stretch your hand. <laughs> Say, move them, God. In the name of Jesus, let there be a mighty movement of their right foot to the gas pedal. Let them go, Jesus. Have you ever done that and it didn't work? And then there's some people behind you that haven't met the Lord that have started to communicate to you in Morse code. And you're looking through the rearview mirror as if they can see you. And you're having a conversation through the rearview mirror like it's not me, it's not, it's them. It's not even, it's them. And then you finally kind of toot your horn and this person finally comes back to earth by removing their face from their device and pulls off. And there's this, just this moment where you're going, what did you get in the car for? <laughs> if you didn't want to pay attention, 
to where you were going. What is interesting to me is that uh, uh, I see a lot of people in the body of Christ that, that, that have uh, 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 giftings, that have uh, uh, a calling, that have a purpose. There are some things that they have been called to do, but for some reason, I don't know what it is, the light's green in their lives, but it's hard for them to actually take off. It's hard to, for them to actually do something. And, 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 and I don't want to be the person that, that, that pushes them in the back. I want to be the person that encourages them from the front. But, but, but when I see people who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ and they don't want to move, I'm just kind of asking myself, what's the problem? The light is green. Don't just stand there. It's going to be a fun night. The writer, Luke, who was not with Jesus, uh, has meticulously gathered and compiled uh, the stories of the life of Jesus. The gospel according to St. Luke is a narrative that's been canonized uh, uh, by the, 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 the early fathers of the church as, as uh, a reliable evidence from a doctor who took time to investigate the things about Jesus's life, found them to be true, sourced primarily from Peter, gets all of this stuff together, gives his gospel. He goes on to write the book of Acts, the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. He writes it for a man named Theophilus, and he's, he's gathering again the stories of now uh, uh, Jesus's uh, uh, life after the resurrection and what that means for these apostles who are now going to be uh, uh, going out and doing the same thing that Jesus was doing, only greater. Can you imagine that Jesus led a, 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 a group of people around and did incredible miracles in front of them? But before he left, he said, you're going to do greater things than I even did because I'm going to the father. If you want to know one of the reasons why I love Youth Alive so much is because I believe we're raising up a generation that will do more than our generation has done. That will reach more people for Jesus than we've even reached. That will go around the world twice as many times that I've gone around the world and it will not make me jealous and it will not make me mad. I will be happy to pass the baton, I'm sorry, the baton over to the next generation and watch them do something incredible for Jesus. Greater work shall you do. Going to the Father. Our chief apostle makes this declaration. Now he's been walking around for 40 days proving the fact that he is alive. This is what I love about Jesus. Jesus is amazing. Jesus, Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave and then came back and walked around and talked about it. 
Can you just imagine you, 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 you kill a guy and then he, he gets out of the grave, okay, and, and pops out of the casket and then just does a little walkabout around Hobart. Hey, doing okay? Yeah, I think you were at my funeral. It's good to see you, Gary. Love you. <laughs> Tell your wife, Lisa, I said hi. I mean, he's just walking around and he's proving that, that, that he really did get up, that this was not a fluke. This is not a hoax. He actually is alive. He's gathering around with his uh, disciples, soon to be apostles, sent ones that, that, that are going to be doing the same thing and carrying on everything that God had placed in him. He is placing in them and he literally is relying on these guys to turn the entire world upside down. That is, that is the literal definition of being a disciple. We become people who upset the world. Not make them mad, although sometimes we do. Not frustrate them, although sometimes that happens. I'm talking about literally turning people's lives around, upside down, with the message, love, and the hope of Jesus Christ. He's, he's preparing them to do this. And they're going, is it, is it time? Or are, are you about to tell us when you're going to come back and, and reclaim the throne of Israel and, 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 and establish the kingdom? And, and Jesus tells them, no, 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 no. Uh, that's not for you to know. I, I, I don't even know that. The Father hasn't even told me that yet. Uh, but, but here's what I do want to let you know. Um, uh, you're going to receive power. And after you receive this power, you shall be my witnesses. You're not going to be able to be my witnesses without this power. We already had this conversation, Peter. Don't mess this up again. Without my power, you will deny me. Without my power, you will shudder in fear. You will lock yourself behind closed doors. You will go back to your previous occupation. Without my power, you cannot be a bold witness for me. This is not your willpower. This is, this is not a personality situation. This has to do with a transformational experience with the Holy Spirit that allows you to confess something that you know you could never confess on your own, and that is Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the grave. I feel like preaching tonight. Here, here, here is why I know that you cannot make this declaration uh, without the Holy Spirit because you were not there. It's 2019 years later and we still have people that are being born again and uttering out of their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and, and that God raised them from the dead. But how, do you, how can you say that? You weren't there. How do you know that? No man can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The book of Romans chapter number eight, verse number 11 makes it very, very clear. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. So every time a person opens their mouth and says that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, the Holy Spirit is the person on the inside testifying of this because he's the one that got him up. He is the one that tells us that these things are true. He says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you're going to be, you're going to be my witnesses everywhere. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, 
to the uttermost parts of the earth. Dallas, Texas, Atlanta, Georgia, Hobart, Tasmania, Perth, Western Australia, Melbourne, Sydney, wherever it is, wherever the gospel can be preached, wherever there's ears to hear, I'm going to put somebody there and give them a revelation of who I am. And they're like, this is going to be awesome. We are going to turn the world upside down. It's going to be great. And then after he makes this statement, Something amazing happens. Now, ladies and gentlemen, before I tell you this amazing thing that happens, uh, I'm going to tell you that the amazing thing that I'm about to tell you that happens uh, doesn't get talked about a lot. And and we don't talk about it a lot because you do know that that our uh, gospel narrative uh, uh, to those that do not have an understanding is the most ridiculous narrative of all time. You, you, you do understand that, that, that when you share uh, 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 the gospel, mer- the, the narrative of Jesus, that when people hear it, if God doesn't give them an understanding, they literally look at you like, <laughs> you're so cute. You probably like pink elephants too, don't you? I know you do. I know you do. The gospel narrative of Jesus Christ to those that don't have an understanding is absolutely ridiculous. Let me prove it to you. We believe on the first day that we give our life to Jesus without any Bible college, without any like four week Holy Spirit class, that Jesus was born of a virgin. I'm going to just let that marinate. This is what we believe on day one. He was born of a virgin? Yep. Sure was. So, they were married. Nope. About to be. And then what happened? Holy Spirit overwhelms and overshadows Mary and she's pregnant. (laughs) So it's a virgin birth. Yep. Joseph wanted to, just couldn't. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it gets better. He did a bunch of miracles. He walked on water. (laughs) He opened up blind eyes. (laughs) He popped open deaf ears. He healed people from leprosy. He raised people from the dead. Little girl, little boy, grown man. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And then... He died for you. Me. Yeah. He died for you. Does he even know me? He made you. So he made me and he died for me. Yeah. And he hung, bled, and died for you. And then they buried him. 
Oh, that's a, that's a pretty heroic thing for somebody to do. Yeah, but he didn't stay dead. Oh, here you go again. <laughs> Let's just recap. I just want to make sure I'm following this correctly. He was born of a virgin. Yep. And then he healed a bunch of people. Yep. And then he raised some people from the dead. Yep. And then he died for me. Got it. You're tracking with me fully. And then after three days, he got up. Yep. Anything else? Yeah, actually, there is something else. Something else that's absolutely cooler than everything that I just told you. What, 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 what's, what's, what can be virgin birth, miracles, death, burial, resurrection? What else could there be? Well, he took his friends up to a mountain. And then this cloud came. And he got in it. And then, this is exactly what happens. We don't talk about the ascension. It's like, it's like we move that one to the side. Because the other parts are so ridiculous to unbelievers. We're like, don't bother them with the whole, he went, up. Let's just try to get them to believe the first part. Like, like we never talk about the ascension. But this guy got in the cloud and just, he just stepped into a cloud and just went up in the air while they were watching him. He didn't go around the corner and disappear. While they were looking at him, he gets in a cloud. If I come any higher, you guys would be like, oh. He starts going, he goes up in the air. And while he goes up in the air, and while they. Oh, wow. I didn't see this coming. Huh. Peter. Yeah, John? Can you still see him? I, I, don't, I don't know. The sun's in my eyes. Which one? Oh, you guys are smart. You guys are smart. I love
stuck up so long that it starts getting awkward. There's, a, there's these 10 people in this room that have such short patience. They're like, get on with the story, man. We get it. But no. Now, at this point, I don't know if like Jesus is up on his cloud going away and like kind of looks back and maybe does like a little double take and it's kind of like like going into heaven wherever it is and kind of looks back and like they're still standing there but but while they're all still staring two white robed men Angels appear. So, so instead of 12, or there's 11, instead of 11, there's now 13. And no one notices. Because they're still. So two people. I, I guess that's the noise that happens when you just, just think it happens if it's quick. right? Two people show up. And no one has even looked around. And these two men come out of nowhere. They, they had to be looking at these guys like, what is going on? They, Hey, these guys are, gonna, are supposed to turn the entire world upside down for Jesus, except I, I mean, Peter's first sermon that he's going to preach, 3000 people are going to get saved, except I, I mean, Acts chapter number two, the Holy Spirit's going to fall. And a revival is going to hit Jerusalem, except there's a lame man at the gate called Beautiful who needs a touch from God. He's, he's waiting to be healed, except there's like a whole generation of youth in Tasmania that need to be freed and hear the gospel and be revived, except... Can't wait till Jesus comes back. Such a tough world. So dangerous. People out drinking. Doing all types of stuff. Can't wait till he comes back. Can't wait for all this to be over. Hurry up, Jesus, come back. It's windy today. Maybe you'll blow your trumpet. Come on. And the angels literally have to come and go, uh, excuse me? Why are you standing here? 
standing here staring into heaven. Did the guy that you just saw leave? We'll come back. But you're not supposed to stay here until he does. So grateful you had your moment with him. Can you snap out of it now? Let me put it to you this way. Don't just stand there. You can't just stand there and wait for Jesus to come back in the face of a dying world. You can't just stand there and wait for Jesus to come back while there's people whose souls are heading in the wrong direction. You can't just stand there waiting for Jesus to come back when we got a world that's broken and hurting and needs to be ministered to. You cannot just stand there. You have to do something. You're praying about your loud neighbor. God, please save him. And he's like, I'm trying to, but you haven't gone to their house yet. Don't just stand there. <laughs> it's not getting old at all. So I want to give you three points as to why you just can't stand there. And then I'm going to go get on a plane. I mean, not like right after this, but shortly. Three reasons why you can't just stand there. Are you ready for these three reasons? Point number one, I have the most, let me just say this. I laugh at myself because I have the most basic points of all time. Like my points are like Captain Obvious points. They're not like revelatory, like, oh my gosh. He came from the third heaven to get this to me. I came from like the basement of heaven <laughs> to get this to you. It's low hanging fruit, people. Okay. Point number one, please write this down. Here, three re here's the three reasons why we can't just stand there. Point number one, we have places to go. Ambassadors travel on behalf of the kingdom. Listen, he, he, he said that you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. We have places to go. Well, I don't travel that much, Tim. Go across the street. You don't have to be an international world traveler to preach the gospel. Just get out of your house. Some of you all don't even need to leave the house. Got some wayward kids go into their room, that creepy thing. That is full of surprises and you're too scared to find out what's on the other side of the door. Burst that door down. Take the door off the hinges. That's your house. You pay the mortgage there. They don't get to have any private room. They can have a private room when they get out of your house. That's your house. Go in that room. Pray for them. Go in that room. Prophesy to them. Go in that room and take some oil. Put it on their pillow. It will make them mad. It will make you glad. But you have some places to go. There are some places God wants you to go that I can't go to. There are some influences that you have when you walk into spaces that I will not have influences. You cannot just stand there waiting for God to come back. You have to do something. Point number two, please write this down. Three reasons why we can't just stand there. Point number two, I told you very basic, low-hanging fruit. We have people to see. Do you see the theme of where this is going? We have places to go. 
We have people to see. You will be my witnesses everywhere. Telling people about me everywhere. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. You have people to see. Hey, listen, people, you have to understand. I am a boy from the hood. Like, like legitimately, not a neighborhood. There is a difference between a neighborhood and a hood. I don't know what the percentage rate is, but at some point, the right cocktail of violence and crime knocks the neighbor off of the moniker and it just becomes a hood. I was born in Inglewood, California. That's the hood. And God took a boy out of the hood and told him to go around the world to meet cool people. It has been amazing. We got picked up this. What's the guy that was that was with us that was in the car with us? James? James. James is that's James, right? Oh, Sam, 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 Sam. Sam's my man. Let me tell you about Sam. Sam is from Bath, England. I have been to Bath, England. It's one of my favorite cities on the planet. It's this tiny dot of a city with these beautiful cobblestone roads. You, you, if, you, if you live in a lovely cottage there, you can literally walk to the tailor and walk to the pharmacy and walk to the cathedral. It's, it's, it's my spirit city. It's, I'm an introvert. I like everything to be succinct and orderly and in close proximity. I don't leave it like leaving my house a lot. So when I do, I go straight there, come back. Anybody else like me? I do not shop around. I don't leave for hours and come back. If I say I'm going to the store for eggs, I will be back in 11 minutes because I'm going straight in, straight out, back home. <laughs> that guy's from Bath, England. I have been to Bath, England. From Inglewood, California to Bath, England to Hobart, Tasmania. <laughs> to do what? To tell people that Jesus is alive. To tell people that Jesus is real. To let my light shine, to let my salt flavor the earth. This is what he has put us on the earth. You have some people to see. There's some people that you're going to influence that I'm never going to influence. That's why I love people to take notes on the message because I really want you to take the message and in three days time, turn it into your own message. Don't even give me credit. Just say, you know what? On Sunday night, I was in the presence of the Lord. And he just gave me a word. I mean, ooh, I just felt like he told me personally. Don't just stand there. Do something. And you know, then he gave me three points. And man, I just feel like it really burned within my soul. I'm going to share it with you now. And your random friend, Sarah, who I will never meet, is going to be like, I'm so glad God gave you that word. Because that's what I feel like he's been telling me. And then you're going to be like, can't believe that worked. <laughs> Need to start stealing everyone's sermons. Just so you know, there's no such thing as stealing a sermon because everything in the kingdom is from public domain. So, yeah, there's that. So anyway, you have some people to see. There's some people that God 
has allowed you to have influence with, relational equity with. They already love your personality. And let me tell you, there's all types of personalities in this room. There are introverted personalities. There are extroverted personalities. There are really nerdy people in here, really techie people in here, really like, like earthy people in here, really like brainiac, super cerebral people in here with like four doctorates for no reason. You just love school. You're addicted to it. You just love giving money away. I don't know what it is, but you just, you, and, so, and so God will use you to reach like every other nerd that's just like you. You reach all the people with degrees just like you. There's like super quiet people in here that just love the solace of the library. And so you're just going to reach all the quiet people for Jesus. You're just going to be like, hi. And they're going to be like, hi. But I know this might sound strange, but I just feel like I need to pray for you. And they're going to be like, <laughs> quietly. And then you're going to pray for them. And while you're praying for them quietly, God will give you some prophetic things to say. You have no idea why you're even saying it. And the prayer just started off generic. And then you started getting in their business. And you were like, what am I even saying? And at the other side of it, guess what happens? Somebody comes to Jesus. Point number three, please write this down. Uh, You should know what it is, but I'm just going to give it to you anyway. We have places to go. We have people to see. Anybody think they know what the last one is? Prophetic. You have some things to do do you know that God wants to do some things through you he wants to do some incredible things through you and only you can do it for the people he's called you to see in the place he's called you to go only you are the one that can do those things so don't just stand there could, could, could you imagine if this whole band came up here right now just like they have and picked up all their instruments just like they have and their microphones, just like they have, but didn't do anything. And so for the next like three minutes, it gets very, very awkward because you're like trying to pay attention to me. But then you're like, why did they even get up there if they're not going to even play anything? Is anybody going to get on the keys? Because he's supposed to be wrapping up right now. He only has 22 seconds. I mean, <laughs> do something, right? Have you ever been to a wedding? Have you, have you ever seen, have you ever seen the, 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 the bride walk down the aisle, beautifully dressed, white, veil covering, face? Father gives away the bride. The husband gladly receives. They exchange vows. They get to the end after making a covenant, a lifetime covenant to each other. They look in each other's eyes. priest or the pastor says you may now kiss the bride could you imagine if the two of them just stood there you may now kiss the bride that's all we showed up for anyway it's really creepy Just, just, just a point of reflection for those that are engaged to be married. Don't spend a lot of money to watch people, to, to pay for people to come watch you kiss. It's really creepy. Go on a proper holiday with that. Send them pictures. It's your mom's fantasy anyway. <laughs> I'm just destroying people's wedding plans. It's like a 19-year-old like, yay, Bali. At some point, you got to do something. 
These guys were meant to change the entire world, but they couldn't do so looking up. They could only do it if they were looking out. I don't want us to be a generation that's paralyzed by the perils of this world. Constantly looking up instead of looking out. We were made and built to advance the kingdom of God. And we can't do it if we're standing there. We actually have to do something. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you through this message. Some of you all maybe started off on fire for God and as you got older, that that fire began to kind of die out a little bit. Perhaps you've become more measured in your old age and and that zeal that you used to have to share your faith. You're you're a lot more measured because we're living in 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 a landscape now where everyone's so triggered by everything that if you even say that you're a believer, the facial expression could can make your whole witness withdraw. I'm here to tell you, God wants you to take what he's put on the inside of you and use it to affect the people around you. So don't, don't just stand there. Let them do something with you. Holy Spirit, would you take these words, take this time, and do what only you can do with it. We believe you can take our finite minds and download your infinite wisdom that transforms us forever. Do something like that now in our lives. We will give you glory for it. Thank you for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message has impacted you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us at c3hobart.org.au.